is Aaron Boone to lead off. His first at bat of the game. There's a fly ball deep to left. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going to the World Series. Aaron Boone has hit a home run. The Yankees go to the World Series for the 39th time in their remarkable history. Into right well hit. Back at the wall. It's off the wall. One run scores. Here comes Buckman. Freeze has tied it. 7-7. Unbelievable. Hit well out to right center field. Jones still on the move, running out of room, and he makes it! For episode nine of Bush League Banter, I'll be your host again today, Khalil Searcy, along with Alex Shaw coming here from Jacksonville and Rollin as well, coming with us from Atlanta. Boys, how we doing on this beautiful week here? We're surviving. Our we teams are, are still in it. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in survival mode. Four <laughs> uh, four playoff series, two sweeps, and our teams are the two that have not been swept. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, you know, like I mentioned on Thursday, my team's not in it. So, yes, I've been watching just being a baseball guy, but um, a lot of my weekend was spent uh, really growing some gray hair in every body part that I have watching Miami almost blow it against Florida State. And uh, and then coming back to pull off a, uh, a nice comeback victory there. So, uh, salvage my weekend for me. And then having to watch the Jags play, or sorry, Blake Bortles just did not play well on Sunday. and um, The helmet really, pick's going to go down as one of the more impressive things I've I ever mean, seen. I mean, that was ball. just that was just miserable, man. Just absolutely miserable. So, you know, the top off the weekend, obviously we had some baseball. We mentioned it earlier. We had two, two sweeps already with Milwaukee sweeping Colorado. Really not even a close series there. Um, you know, I realized, you know, Milwaukee's good. I didn't realize they were – I didn't realize Colorado just – you know, they're good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they can swing the bats a little bit. Obviously, Kyle Freeland gave him a chance by winning that big wildcard game in Chicago. But um, I just don't think they had an answer, man. Nobody could hit. Even I mean, none of their top guys could hit. You know, you're looking at it. You're thinking someone's got to come pull it through. And uh, just nobody in that lineup did. So very quick sweep of that series. Very quick work of Colorado. So they're back sitting at home. Um, you know. And there's really not much to talk about there. I mean, it's honestly one of the most boring series in this postseason so far. Um, and you move down into the American League with the Astros pulling out a, a sweep against um, Cleveland um, today with a big 11-3 victory. Again, not really much to talk about there either. I mean, we can go ahead and go over there. the Astros starting pitching um, with Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander doing their thing in the first two games in Houston. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about there either. I mean, I can I can run it over to you guys. You guys can say whatever you have, you know, with that. But, um, you know, they're, they're just two big starters, two big starts in Houston, and that's what you're looking for out of your starting pitchers right there. Yeah, I think I want to bounce back and just touch on um, the Brewers. I, I know they're good. I had no idea that they were that good. I really did think it was going to end up being a better series because Colorado has shown uh, well this year, but – they're for real. I mean, 11 straight wins come into the NLDS and sweep it. They are definitely the team to beat in the NL. They might even be the – I mean, they're looking like they might even be the favorite to win the World Series. I, I would go ahead and say that. I mean, they have looked that good. Everybody in their lineup's hitting. Their their pitching staff is doing what they need to do 
to get them into positions to win games. And if you hand the ball to Josh Hader, it's over. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't say that they're looking like the favorite because you had the Cubs going to the World Series. So. <laughs> okay, well, I've watched them play in the playoffs now. No mulligans. This is baseball. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I didn't miss the pick there, the Cubs, but after oh, you, what I've you, seen, you didn't they look miss, like the you favorite. Whiffed. You whiffed yeah. on that pick. Well, I, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you've uh, probably watched uh, – shall I'm assuming you've probably watched more Brewers games in the past week than you have all season. Uh, I have as, as a watched, lot of people have. I've watched more Brewers games in the last five days than I've watched in the last five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, true. that's that's you, very. You, true. you got a point. You got a point. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think we're all pretty surprised with um, how they came out and performed. Um, I still have some question marks with their starting rotation, especially going from a five-game series to a seven-game series. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to push a little, put a little more stress on the bullpen. Um, luckily, they'll have a lot of rest going into it, but. Um, I think we they still have kind of a question mark there at the starting rotation. Uh, offense sure. obviously looked great. Bullpen looks nasty. So I think their question mark is kind of that starting rotation. You know, mm-hmm. can they get four to five innings out of these guys? And I think and I think they'll be able to. I think what it's going to, like you said, I mean, I totally agree with you when it comes down to, uh, to their starting rotation. Um, obviously, I think they're going to be that team, and they may get a start from somebody. I would assume it's going to be Chassin that, goes more than five we didn't see that in this series from any of their guys i don't think um but you know you look at it, i mean their their bullpen is disgusting i mean why not go ahead and give it over to the guys that are going to win you the game no matter what all you got to do is get your pitchers to throw five innings anyway and then you gotta all you gotta do is four innings and then guess what hater can go two you've got uh, uh Knebel back there you've got jeffers i mean those guys are I mean, that, that's your ball game. That's your bread and butter right there if you're a Milwaukee Brewers fan, and you're going to live and die with that pin regardless, and I believe that's what Craig Council is going to do. And it definitely looks like they're living with it right now. I mean, it, we saw, again, you know, that series wasn't very close, but everybody came in and they looked dominant. And in the playoffs, I think it's harder to hit well in the playoffs than it is to pitch well in the playoffs. I agree. So it does definitely – I mean, it shows a testament to their lineup all the way through. They're going to be tough to beat if they keep scoring, you know, six-plus runs a game. Well, you look at what Colorado did in this last series, right? You, you know, you go back, you look at the box score, you know, in the first game for them to have four hits, um, in the second game for them to have six, and then at home for them to have four. I mean, it's just not going to do it in the postseason. Um, but, again, they ran into a buzzsaw. I mean, the Brewers are just they're, – they're killing the game right now. Um, I know game one was the tightest game of it all, but even in that game, I mean, the Rockies didn't do anything. I know Jeffers came in and struggled a little bit, and you know Moose had to have the walk-off hit um, to win that game, but it really just wasn't even a close series. So, um, in my opinion, it was the most boring. Um, glad it's over. <laughs> kind of just kind of takes a spot off my TV, and then you know the Indians today, um, 11-3 loss to the Astros, and you know we, we talked about it last week. You know the Astros, in my opinion, are the best. Uh, we'll see, and probably the one, probably the best team in the American League. Um, I know I've got the – actually, I've got them going to the World Series, honestly. But, um, dude, I mean, that team just does it. I mean, from the pitching to the pin to them hitting, I mean, it, it's it's a tough lineup to beat, you know. It's a very tough lineup to beat. Yeah, and, and, and they have some guys in there too. It's not like they're trotting out the same nine guys with the DH every single game. They have some good matchups where they can – kind of subbing some guys for lefty, subbing some guys for righty. I mean, the core of their lineup, the Springer, Altuve, Correa, they're going to be in there every night. But they have some interesting matchups that they can 
kind of uh, piece together the bottom of their lineup and make it a it, it, it makes it a very scary lineup to face one through nine, uh, no matter if it's a lefty or righty starting that game. So for having. I mean, they probably have one of the deepest teams available for sure. But the two guys that stick out to me that it seems like they're rallying behind are probably the two shortest starting players in all of baseball with Bregman and Altuve. How do you get those guys out? You don't. It, does, it doesn't matter what you do. They're just on base. And then, you know, it, I wouldn't even say like Bregman steals second because half the time it's a double or home run anyways. Right. And then, you know, Altuve's – Always a three thirty hitter. Alex Bregman is—he's not a great base stealer anyway. Actually, he had what one? I'm trying to think. He had ten stolen bases this year, which isn't bad. But compared to an Altuve, which probably had upwards of twenty. I mean, you look at—I'm looking at their—you uh, know—their lineup right now. And George Springer—you know—struggled coming into the postseason, and everyone knows it. But he gets in the postseason. He hit two home runs today. I believe he hit one um, on Saturday. He's got a four twenty nine average so far in this postseason. I mean. Him and Altuve's doing. I mean, I know he's at two eighty six, but Bregman, I'm looking at it, is at five fifty six so far in this postseason. I'd have to go back and look at. Um, I saw a, a stat today during their game around. I guess it wasn't really a stat, but more of a graphic um, of Bregman's like postseason home runs, and it's off of Kershaw, it's off of Sale, it's off of Kinley Jansen. I mean, Kluber. like the, Kluber, all these guys that you would expect to to be dominating younger players. I mean, what is he in his second or third year? Yeah. Full season. I mean, yeah. should, should have, you know, the leg up, they have the postseason experience. Uh, they should be able to carve up younger guys like that, especially in that situation. And Bregman just doesn't give a damn. No. I mean, well, but why should he, you know, go ahead, Ron. Right. I mean, he shouldn't. And at this point, when you're playing like that, um, there's definitely that line of cocky and confident, uh, I'm sure some people do see that as cocky. I do at times, but when you're playing like that, hell, who cares? And yeah. his confidence is I'd like to walk behind him and just pick it up because he's got so much excess going everywhere. Yep. He's just that – he's been that good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, 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 I'm I, just looking at it. I'm really in shock with how well this lineup is put together. And I said it probably – I think it was last Monday I said it when I was looking at their lineup – Marwin Gonzalez is the X factor in this lineup. Correa's not doing anything. He's batting 100. You know, Yuli Gurriel's hitting 182. Marwin Gonzalez is hitting 538 and has been moved up to the five spot in this lineup. And uh, McCann just, came back today yeah, as well. Well, McCann came back to the lineup today, yeah. But, I mean, he's been healthy, but I'm assuming well, yeah. probably matchups-wise that put him in the lineup. Well, there, Ma- but, Martin Maldonado's <laughs> been handling the pitching staff well. Oh, yeah. I mean, you well, I mean... Uh, what's his name? McCann's been hurt, you know, for the better better of the second half of the year. So, but my my big thing was just Marwin Gonzalez. You know, I'm watching the game today, and you know, Bowers on the mound, and it was a ball four. It was probably a, <laughs> damn near looked a foot he, above the strike he zone. Fisted that ball like to the wall. To the he fisted that ball down the left field line. I was like, oh my god, and it scored two runs, and it was just unbelievable. Um, hell of an at bat, but you know, so a lot of you know, a lot of. Uh, uh, big ups to to the Houston Astros, and they're moving on to ALDS to play the winner of the uh, the Yankees and Red Sox. Um, so, really, for those first two series, there, that's all I got. Um, Rollin, did you want to add anything else? I, I think we kind of covered everything with that. I, I mean, I think we really know the Astros are good. The Indians aren't a bad team. I mean, they didn't. No, they, they didn't get a lot of coverage this year because they were in the Central and nobody was competing with them. So, 
Um, they didn't get a lot of coverage, but I mean, the Astros beat three really good starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they beat them I, bad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, none of the games were particularly close. I think they had one game that they won three one, but um, I mean, they they kind of shut down that team and uh, you know made quick work of them. And I think that's what you got to do in this first series um, if you can. Yeah, the worst part about that Indian series was like you know looking at today you roll out a uh, Clevenger today who. Threw very well. Went five, uh, three hits, one earned run, nine strikeouts. Um, his one earned run was off a freaking home run. And then you go to the pen and you look at Bauer, who gives up two runs. You look at Andrew Miller, who walks a few people. Uh, Cody Allen gives up four runs. Brad Hand gives up two runs. Um, Simber gives up one run. I mean, Clevenger did his job as the starter. I mean, you talk. We talk about you know quick, uh, quick hooks in the pen and things like that. Um, that was a quick hook and it backfired. You know, at backfire. I know Clevenger was up to a, what was it close he to was, 100 he pitches was, or so. Yeah, he's at like 99 pitches or something. Right, like so that. you so got to get him there. out of there. Um, but you know that it, it's a, it's a plus and minus with what you're going to do with the pin there. You know, either you're going to let your starter roll. Um, really, just kind of depends at the end of the day on if he's uh, if he's laboring or not. I mean, 99 pitches through five innings. I mean, you look at Kershaw's start the other night, going eight innings. I think he threw 86 pitches or something like that. I mean that's yeah it was that's really well. well that's there will always be there will always be those kind of pitchers and I know Porcello had like a complete game earlier this year on like eighty six pitches or whatever mm-hmm. you'll always have those pitchers that are like ground ball pitchers early in count they attack the zone and they keep guys off balance so they are grounding into those Clevenger's not really that guy he's got great stuff but he struggles with his command so he needs those swing and misses but if they're not swinging it will take him deeper into counts and he gets a lot of swing and misses as well which you know at that point it's just another pitch to add right. so he I, to me he's just always going to be one of those laborers that will you know go deep into counts but he's going to get the hook between the 5th and 6th inning because he's, his pitch counts is going to be high yeah. right. well I mean even if you look at Verlander in game 1 I think he threw right around 100 pitches and he yep. you know got through 5 yep. and uh, I, I mean it's kind of the, the the game that uh, that's being played now um and it it's funny to say if you would have said you know we want our starter to get through five innings you know 10 years ago people would be looking at you like you're crazy i mean oh, you yeah. want you know back then it was you know you need to go seven eight innings um, right i mean maddox went nine innings every time he threw yeah yeah exactly and that and that wasn't that long ago and now it's like especially when you get to the playoffs it's like hey if you can get us to the sixth Hey, great job! You know, go take a shower, put put your turfs on. Um, well, I think that kind of speaks to where the game's going as well. Just everybody has to to throw a hundred, and a lot of those guys can't do it for you know as long as Verlander and some of those other starters can. So they are more. It's more of a bullpen game for sure, and they want you know two to three outs out of the bullpen, throw a hundred, and take a seat. So a lot of guys are starting to go that path, and it is just kind of working more and more away from the starting pitching, and I don't think guys are really as willing to be starting pitchers. I mean, it used to be like if you're in the bullpen, it's because you weren't good enough to be a starting pitcher, but it's not like that anymore. No, it's just, I mean, and it's a lot to do with really just how the game is, you know, evolving. Um, You've got, you look at the pitchers that are able to go deep in games, you look at the Kershaw, you look at the Verlander, Max Scherzer, um, you know, Garrett Cole every now and then. Um, just the older guys that are able to go deep. I mean, it's really for them. I'm assuming coming up, it's what they were doing. You know, day in, oh, yeah. day out, it's what they were doing. You know, and even looking further back, it's like pitch count was not a big deal. It was I'm going to go out here, I'm going to compete, I'm going to do my job. 
now it's been put in the manager's hands to say, look, this guy gets, as soon as this guy touches 100 pitches, look, we got to get his ass out of the game. Or if he gets, you know, it, it really just depends. It could just be not 100 pitches. It could be how hard was he working during those 80 pitches or 90 pitches or something like that. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with it now. But then you go back and again, I mean, there was a stat early in the year. I don't know the exact numbers, but everybody throws 100 now. Yeah. You know, so everybody coming out of the pen is freaking nasty. You know, so it makes it very tough to not go to your pen when they can shut everyone down. You, whoever your long or uh, sorry, your middle relief, your long relief, whoever those guys are, and then your setup and your closer, everyone's throwing upwards of a hundred with changeups that are like ninety miles an hour. Well, I saw that <laughs> today when Keuchel was throwing. He was the fourth lowest velocity pitcher in the major leagues this year out of starters, and it was like eighty nine. Well, it had to be like him and that like was a, how I, guys, used, yeah. guys used to make a living at 89. Oh, yeah. And that dude, dude look at, I mean, I see 89. I'm like, ooh, I can hit that. I'm cool with that. You know, maybe it'll take me a few at bats. It's hard. If you, it's, it's hard. So fast, but like, but... if you get up there and you're throwing 100, I'm like, eh. What? Once you're on like <laughs> the plus side of like 94, 95, which it seems like everybody is now, that's when it's like, okay, this is hard to hit. It's right. Hard. Right. So it's, uh, it's crazy where the game's going, you know. So. Anyway, let's move over to the uh, the the other game going on. Actually, right now in the NLDS, um, the Braves are up. Took a lead uh, two to one here in the top Heck of the yeah. fifth. Um, big two run single by I'm not sure who hit it. Uh, Kurt um, Suzuki. Okay, so oh, big two Kurt. Runs, yeah, big two run single there. Uh, LA does have a two one series lead right now. Um, the Braves have their backs against the wall in a big game here in Atlanta, trying to send it back to LA. Um, the first two games, really, in my opinion, I, I just. Yeah, wasn't close. Um, there was nothing the Braves could do. They ran into two buzz saws and um, Hengen Ryu and Clayton Kershaw. I mean, there's really nothing you can do there. Um, I know the Braves, as far as Rollin, you can you know correct me if you need to, but um, Fultonavich really in that first game uh, was not good. I don't really know how else to say it, but he was not good. Um, and that's not to say he's not a good pitcher or anything like that, but the Dodgers lineup when they're in L.A., they are very good. Um, and balls fly. And all you got to do is hit, get some decent contact and put it in the air. It gets in the L.A. jet stream and that ball goes. So, um, Rollin, I'll swing it to you with you being a Braves fan. Um, you know, for the yeah. first three games or so, kind of uh, give me your – let's go to the first two games. We'll talk the, about game three in a minute. The first two games I felt like were over in the first inning. Um, well, after the first inning. I, you know, L.A. got off to a quick start in both games. Yep. Um, and they didn't really look back. Um LA is obviously they hit a lot of home runs. They got, you know, Max Muncie, Machado, Justin Turner, Kike Hernandez, uh, Puig, Bellinger. They have, Chris they Taylor have, last night. Chris Taylor, uh, Jock Peterson. They have a lot of guys that hit a lot of home runs, but they also walk a lot. Um, yeah. I saw they're like the lowest. Uh, they swing at the least amount of first pitches in baseball. They swing at like 23% of first pitches or something ridiculous like that, yeah. um, which is like 15% below the league average. Um, so they really work counts. They're very disciplined at the plate. And I think the Dodgers' strategy, at least the second half of the year and into the postseason, has been let's walk, get guys on base, and then hit, the, hit, and then hit home runs. And, I mean, they haven't really manufactured any runs this series. Um, it's pretty much been uh, let's get a guy or two on uh, by a walk, and then we'll hit a home run, and that's how we're going to score them. That's pretty much how the first two games went, and then the Braves could not – hit anything in the first two series. Well, they ran they ran into two buzzsaws. I mean, there's nothing you can do when Clayton Kershaw pitches like he did in that second game, going eight innings, giving up two hits. He only had three strikeouts, but 
You know, Kershaw obviously hasn't been the Kershaw of the years past with his velocity, but he's a pitcher, and knowing how to pitch, you know, at that velocity, it can only help you, you know. So whenever he does get 100% healthy, maybe his velo does go back up. But I think it's pretty impressive to see that he's sitting 92-93 with that fastball um, when we've seen it at 95-96 before. Um, and for him to still go eight shutout innings against Atlanta, who's not a bad offensive team, um, not a bad offensive team there. And we mentioned they match up well against lefties. They just happen to run into Clayton Kershaw in game two there. Well, I, I think it is also, you know, something to be said is even though he's not Kershaw's past, um, you know, major league players, they still have, you know, we're facing Clayton Kershaw today. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that mental factor and, uh, when he came out and, you know, really established himself early, I think that gets to teams, especially after you get through the lineup the first time, where you either, okay, my second at bat, we're going to put this together, or we're not going to touch this guy today. Right. Um, and it definitely went more in the we're not going to touch him direction. Uh, again, like you said, eight innings, two hits. The three Ks is, you know, again, I, I, it is as much of him being a pitcher as it is him being a competitor. He's going to go out and grind and give you – you know, everything he's got, every single outing, whether he's hurt or not. Uh, and it, it was enough for L.A., especially behind their lineup. They've looked pretty dangerous. And I really do. I hope that the Braves can squeeze out, you know, game four. I'd like to see a game five because we did. I feel like we talked about that when we were just kind of like before the wild card games and we were giving our predictions. I felt like we thought a lot of these series were going to go a lot further than they did with two sweeps. Well, Rodland um, did say there would be a sweep. He did say there he did would say, be a couple He did sweeps. say one, yeah. He did say, no, he said there would be a couple, and he's he been spot on so far. I, I definitely thought that there was going to – I mean, I thought that the Astros and the Indians matched up. As far as, like, starting pitching, I thought that that series was going to go yeah. longer um, than it did for sure. Uh, Braves-Dodgers is finally starting to kind of shake out a little bit. Again, with the Brewers, I just apparently have not watched them enough because they blew Colorado out of the water. I've I've watched Milwaukee a lot this year, being a Cardinals fan and them beating the hell out of us all year. Um, And they hadn't played that good until the last, what, two weeks of the season? Um, I mean, even even, Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's beating a dead horse at this point. We keep saying, you know, getting hot at the right time, hot at the right time. They've won 11 straight. No, I'm you, saying you before. I'm saying in. before they were getting hot at the right time. Right now, they're just playing baseball. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Um, I mean, but, eleven straight seems pretty hot to me. I, no, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, yes, they're. I'm saying they're hot. I'm not saying they're getting hot at the right time. I'm saying two weeks ago they got hot at the right time. Yeah. Right now they're just playing baseball. But again, two weeks ago Colorado was hot. So coming into the post, you don't expect them to get shut out and swept like that, and even to go to their own ballpark where. Arenado and Blackman and Story and Dahl, where those guys thrive in that ballpark, you don't expect them to play one game there and get, what did I say, three hits or four hits they had? You don't expect that. You don't expect that out of that lineup. You know? So, um, again, let's move on to game three. Last night, Atlanta, LA. Um, Big, big series win there for LA, or sorry, for big game win for Atlanta um, in game three there. So, 6-5 6-5 final, huge game, big five spot in the second inning for Atlanta. Um, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, Acuna's Acuna's grand slam. Okay, that was the really the cool. big story of the game. Um, really got me fired up. Um, that that's one of the best things I think I've seen in the postseason so far. Um, let's talk about it. Shall start it off. So I feel like I have to give oh, look credit. 
Well, I just have to give credit where credit's due. Rollin told me to pick up Acuna before the year in fantasy baseball, and I was like, how good is this kid actually going to be? And everything he has told me is going to happen has. The kid's unbelievable. Youngest player since Mantle, right, to hit a Grand Slam, or the the youngest person ever to hit a Grand Slam in in the postseason. When he's at the plate, I'm confident that whatever the job is, you know, whether it's getting the runner over – or blasting a four-run shot, I feel like he's going to get the job done. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty impressive, you know. Just to kind of line it up for you guys, it was a what was it a three-zero count? Um, yeah, it was ball four, like a foot, a foot, a foot above the strike zone. Yeah, ball four at the top of the zone. Umpire calls it a strike. I'm assuming he called it a strike because Acuna started walking out before he called it. Um, just umpire being re- honestly just being a dick, um, thinking everybody's showing them up. Anyway, calls it a strike. Very next pitch from Walker Bueller, fucking Acuna turns on it and just mashes that thing in the left. Got to piss you off if you're um, Bueller. At that point, you're just I like, mean, well, you should have just walked him. <laughs> right. You might as well give me ball four. Maybe give me one. You know, give up one run instead of a damn grand slam to turn a, turn a game around like that. So, Rollin, uh, you being a Braves fan, I'll, I'll go ahead and give me some excitement. Uh, give me give something. Give us the rest of that. that. I mean, I, I had a couple friends at the game last night, and they said it was absolutely deafening. I mean, they compared it to like an SEC football game you know coming down to the fourth quarter you know game on the line um in this second inning when you know Acuna hit that that four-run blast I mean to get to that I mean a lot of people are are forgetting you know it was two outs and you have the pitcher spot up with the bases loaded and you know everybody in Dodger country is thinking we're going to get out of this unscathed and they walk Sean Newcomb who is the worst hitting pitcher in baseball this year on four straight on four straight pitches that were not even close yeah big and uh yeah, I mean, you you can't do that if you're uh, uh, if you're anybody. I mean, in that situation, you, you walk in a run, and now you give it to Ronald Acuna, who's um, you know been one of the hottest players the second half year of baseball uh, with the bases loaded, and you know he did what he did, and you know absolutely crushed that ball out to left center. Um, and I mean th- that it, it was obviously the turning point in the game. You know, now the Braves are up two one in this game. You know, some people may look back at that and say, yeah, that was the turning point in the series. Um, I mean, I feel like if L.A. gets out of that bad inning, I mean, I don't know if we're sitting here talking about the Braves playing today. I mean, that, that, oh, no. I, well, I think that's – I'll say I, I'm – that I, I definitely think that could be a turning point in the series. But, you know, my my worry is, is, is Atlanta's bullpen going to hold up against this Dodgers lineup and in this series? Because, you know – Yes, you have the big five-run second inning, but then by the fifth inning, I mean, it's 5-4, it's 5-5. You know, you're giving up home runs left and right, and I know it looks like the ball flies out of that damn park too. Um, You know, you're giving up home runs. I mean, Kevin Gosman gives up one to Chris Taylor, and then Max Fried gives up a two-run – or a, sorry, a single, a single, single shot there to Max Muncy. So that ball's crushed. Yeah, ball. I mean, ball's mashed. He gives a little baby bat flip. That was awesome. Um, But will this will this bullpen hold up? in this series that is my question if they keep guys off base i mean as i stated earlier the, the dodgers are very patient at the plate um they're gonna take their walks braves pitchers gotta pound the strike zone i mean you gotta be worried obviously you're worried about them hitting the ball out of the ballpark but i mean worst case scenario is you walk through guys and then they hit a three-run shot i mean solo shots you can live with them um you get you got to stay away from those you know two three four run homers i mean that's what's going to kill you so one of my favorite expressions just playing and i know it it goes as far as home runs and everything but uh, a walk on base percentage is a thousand a pitch down the middle is probably like 600 
Um, you just got to take the chance. You got to fill up the strike zone. They're guaranteed to get on if you walk them, so you might as well at least give your defense a chance to do something. If they get a solo shot off of it, they get a solo shot off of it. Well, I guess my question as far as your bullpen goes is, um, you know, you look at your starters. I mean, Fultonavich in game one goes two innings. Um, Anibal Sanchez goes four and two-thirds in game two. Um, two and two-thirds from Newcomb in game three, and then I believe four today from, from Fultonavich today. I guess that's where my question on the bullpen is. I mean, yeah. if your pitchers it, continue to do that, you're going to have to run these arms out there, and is it going to be enough for that Dodgers lineup? going, Saying you win this game, going back to L.A., um, is it going to be enough? Uh, it, one, one thing I'm worried about, and it was the hot topic in baseball this year, I feel like was you know the third time around on a lineup. Mm, you know, yeah. After you see a guy three times, well, what about these guys that are seeing the same pitcher the third straight day in a row? Right. I mean, it's the same kind of concept. Same I mean, concept. You, and I think that's what we're going to kind of start seeing here. I mean, yeah, the, these guys that have pitched two and three games already, they may come in and face different guys. But, I mean, it, when you're seeing a guy – and a lot of these guys that are pitching for the Braves, the Dodgers have no record. They, they haven't seen them. They've seen you know tape on them. But when you get in the box, um, you know the, the first time you're kind of getting a feel for them, uh, and then the second and third time you have a pretty good idea of how they're going to attack you um, and, and what the ball looks like coming out of their hands. So um, I think that's going to be that's one of my big concerns for the Braves uh, going forward in this series um, is just the, the amount of times that these guys are going to be seen out of the bullpen i mean it feels like these guys have pitched every day so i think it is it is the same concept of seeing um you know seeing the same guy day after day um and and, and a few other series i mean you look at trevor bauer in that cleveland series pitched in all three games um and i I don't think he did i mean he didn't do great and do terrible but he didn't do great you know in the uh you know in the series at all um but my i guess my last question for this series would be where the hell is Julio Tehran? Is he not on the postseason roster? <laughs> he is on the postseason roster. Um, I, I think he he doesn't match up well against the Dodgers. He uh, his two biggest things this year was uh, he walked a lot of guys and he gave up a lot of home runs. Okay, and that's kind of what the Dodgers do. Um, okay. He had like a one nine a one ninety eight opponent's batting average against him. Right. But he gave up like sixty percent of his runs off the home run. Okay, and, yeah. and that's and it kind of feeds right into what the Dodgers do. Right. Um, I, personally, I'm kind of glad we haven't seen him. Um, I honestly don't think we'll see him all series. Um, I guess, Yeah. I mean, I guess at this point we won't. I just kind of figure, hey, like, I mean, you got you got him. I mean, he is, I believe, a former All Star. Um, I, I mean, he's there. You know, he's he was your best pitcher like two years ago. I mean, yeah. yeah. So you know, he's you made all, five opening day starts, right? So you know, you always wonder where he's at, especially you know. And I, I, but I guess it makes sense. I'm not the one coaching, and none of us are. But I guess it makes sense that if he doesn't match up well with that lineup, then that's the way you got to go with it. Yeah, um, I, I think it would have been different if we won game one or game two, because um, yeah. I mean, he can go out there and be lights out. I oh, mean, yeah. he was that this year um, a couple times, but he he wasn't consistent and. I, I just don't think that the, the manager Snicker has that confidence in him to run him out there because um, with him it can get real ugly real quick. Well, and there's a lot to be said for that too and, you know, the matchups and and I saw, you know, that there were 3,000 shifts this year or whatever and, you know, the, those kind of things are being the matchups and, you know, pulling – some managers play matchups more than others but it's just, again, kind of the way that the game's playing um, – 
So if he doesn't think that they match up well, yeah, maybe it's a ding to Tehran's confidence. But at the same time, this is, you know, if you have another loss, you're going home. You yeah. have to do those kind of things. And if Snedeker is one of those guys that that doesn't like the matchup, he doesn't, you know, he's not required to do it. They're professionals. Oh, yeah. There's no, no, no reason yeah. for him to do that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not knocking him for putting for you know for not putting him in there. I was just curious as a yeah, yeah. as a guy who's seen Tehran's name around the game forever. It feel you know for the last however many years. Um, I just was curious as to why I hadn't seen him out of the pen or you know any, or anything or making you know being that you know how they they talk about having an opener or something like that. Like why we haven't seen him at all. So that was just my question for sure. Um, you know for for a Braves fan. So best of luck to you guys in the rest of this series. I know you're you're holding on right now two to one bottom of the fifth. Um, kind of, you're, you're pressing right now um, in this inning. I think, so, I think close to game pull, five is going to be a lot. I mean, I think anything it's going can to happen be, in game five. I yeah. think it's going to be, but and, and if you do get there, you're going to see Kershaw again tomorrow night. It's already been oh, yeah. said. Yeah. So um, best of luck to the Braves, and hey, go do it, right? Go do it. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, let's move, underdogs. Right. So let's move on into the last series here in the American League. Obviously, we got the big rivalry with the uh, Yankees and Red Sox. Series tied 1-1 right now going back to New York. Um, big win in game one for Boston, big win in game two, uh, for New York. Um, there's not a whole lot to summarize, but we will talk about this series. I mean, it's very, very blunt. Everyone's watched the games. It's always been a primetime game and it will be for the rest of the series. Um, shall I'm going to get to you, but I want to play something for you guys real quick. Cause I got a buddy, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming he was either drinking or, something like that but he sent me this voicemail that he sent to another friend of his he is a yankee fan um and i want you guys to take a listen to this and then we'll talk about it all right listen i one for one okay i can get behind that voicemail my kasala okay i can't listen el fucking gary cracking sanchez are you shitting my balls two bombs hey you hit 185 i don't care you hit two bombs against boston game two of the alds must win game Hey, man, you're a fucking legend. Yogi Berra, reincarnated, Jorge Posada, we're better than that now. Listen, all I'm saying is that Aaron Judge might be the greatest Yankee of all time. Bold statement, yeesh. Also, he hit that ball 700 feet. And El Gary cleaned up the rest of the fucking game. Bullpen looks great. Starters look great. So what? One fucking bomb off Tanaka. Who cares? He always does. Tomorrow we got CC Yanks in four. See ya. <laughs> so, so that's my buddy Evan Fernandez. He sent me that. He wanted me to play that on here this week. So, um, I, you know, I know he's not trying to jinx anything. Obviously, being a super confident Yankee fan. So, um, again, we don't need game summaries, but just give me a few of your thoughts on game one. We'll start with you, Rollin. Uh, I mean, game one, I think Sale came out, did his thing. Um, he, uh, he he looked good. I mean, I think he looked a little bit better than people would, were, were thinking. He uh, His velocity was down at the end of the year. Um, it looked like he did something mechanically or something to get it, you know, tick it up a little bit. And uh, I thought I thought he looked good. I mean, his slider was nasty. Um, he pretty much shut shut down the lineup for the first uh First time through, I think they, I think he gave up one run. Yeah, maybe in the first two. I, I say I, I don't I, two, two runs. So I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if he changed anything mechanically. I think he just rested. I think he was healthy. Um, I think yeah. he was coming off the DL. I think he was you know doing all the rehab and everything, trying to get right off the DL. He came back, made a start. Wasn't where he needed to be. Obviously, had a week or so, a week and a half or so to rest and get ready for this game. 
Um, and to see him top out a few times at 96, I mean, that's back to Chris Hale. I mean, look, there's nothing you can do about that. Yes, the Red Sox jumped out to an early 5 nothing lead um, with home run uh, with a home run from uh, from J.D. Um, off of Jay Happ, which is an absolute missile. Um, but look, I mean, the Yankees fought back. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do it all series. Both teams, I feel like, are going to do it all series um, until you get into, the, um, into that Yankee pin, which I thought still on uh, – when was that game? Friday night? I think, I think the pin, obviously – Shut it down. Um, the pin came in. What after Jay Happ left? What would he go to the second inning? Was it second inning. two innings? He went. He went two plus. He they ran him out there for the third, but he didn't get through it. But he didn't get any outs, right? He didn't get right. any outs in the third inning. Um, so to have Chad Green, Lance Lynn, Zach Britton, and uh, Robertson come in and do their job, um, I think that that's a big, big testament to obviously we talked about riding and dying with your bullpen. I mean, that's what Aaron Boone's going to do. I mean, why not? You know, why not? Why sit there and let Happ go that third inning and? possibly have you know boston come up and do have another beginning or something like that why not go ahead and shut it down especially when your offense can be just as potent as that team on the other side so shall give me a quick little rundown um on game one from your look at it so for me there have been 18 innings played so far 15 of them have been all yankees yep. hasn't even been close so, you know, J-Hap comes out and does not produce the start that you need. Without that home run from J.D. Martinez, it's 2 nothing Yankees heading back to, to Fenway, and it's all over. Um, so, you know, it, it sucks. It's a shaky start. Everybody's going to have them. Um, but Chris Sale, eight strikeouts. It was tough. The Yankees did what they needed to to get him out of the game, though. He went five and a third. They had the opportunity to win that baseball game. The problem in game one was too many guys got left on base. Stanton striking out with the bases loaded. Um, and Duhar grounded in a double play. So, runners left in scoring position with two outs. And Duhar, Gregorius, and Torres left two. And Duhar grounded into a double play. One for seven with runners in scoring position. Ten guys left on base. You're not going to win baseball games that way. And yet, it was still it came down to it. Top of the ninth, Aaron Judge comes up and hits a freaking rocket backside. And all of a sudden, yeah. it's one run with your three, four, five guys coming up who are, I mean, Hicks, who was being pinch hit for by Gardner at that point because he had a hammy issue. Yeah. Um, he's back and able to play. He didn't need to last night, so he didn't. He's available today, but again, I don't think he's playing. Um, so Gardner will still hold those responsibilities. And then Stan, who Miserable is Miserable Fucking terrible at bat. I don't care. I don't care how hard nasty Craig Kimbrell yeah. is. Get get him a damn seatbelt. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> three pitches, three pitch strikeout. It's unacceptable. It's the only reason they signed you. At least, at least put the ball in play there. Make yeah. something happen. Hit the ball 120 off the bat and make something happen there. But that was a miserable at bat. Miserable. Miserable. So, uh, yeah. And again, and it's not like he's never seen him before. I mean, he, he yeah. played against him, and you know, when Kimbrell was yeah, been there all year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I saw it was like it's twenty something at bat against Kimball. It's not like some new guy I've never seen. Right. It's and then you know, know Voight. They just I think they went out without a whimper. When Aaron Judge hit the home run, I was like, holy shit, they're gonna come all the way back and win so this did I. game. That's the first and thing I thought as well. Like I was like, dude, just get on base and let Voight do it again. Like let this guy put himself into the Yankee storybooks forever. Right. Because um, if you tell me in July that a minor league cardinal first baseman is going to be hitting, he hit five that game, but I think he's hitting like three hole tonight. He's hitting three hole tonight. He hit three hole the other night. Oh, no, he hit, like, no, he's hitting three hole tonight. You're right. Yeah. I mean, 
if you're going to tell me that, I'm going to call you. I, I, I don't even have a word for it. Like, I'm just going to be like, you're stupid. If you'd have said anything positive about Luke Voigt at the, at the beginning of this show, I'd have been like, yeah, okay. Like, right. you you would have had to have convinced me that uh, the team bus had crashed and killed everyone. Right. But he's been unbelievable for us. So, really, after that turning point, I mean, the Yankees got to the bullpen when they needed to in the sixth, two runs, got another one in the seventh, and like I said, the judge home run. I, it's been all uphill. The momentum shifted. You could feel it. They started to come back. Um, and then Kimbrell did his job after the home run, you know. So, props to him there. They they took game one, which they had to have, because if they didn't get game one, to me, it, the Yankees were just going to blow them out of the water. And then game two, um, I cannot say enough about how much of a little bitch David Price is. He's <laughs> the worst postseason pitcher of all time. I don't know how you can make 10 postseason starts and be 0-8 and, and your team has never won. And he's a good pitcher. He has been a good pitcher in the past. He has good stuff. He has been the worst postseason pitcher of all time. And yeah. Gary Sanchez owns his life. I don't know how you, how one guy can be 500 off of you and six out of his eight hits are home runs. Yeah, I don't know, man. David Price is just, ah, boy. I, I mean, There's I guess. There's nothing that can be said. I, it's he's really nothing. I mean, he's been awful the last, you know, I feel like he's always been on a team in the postseason the last four or five years just being traded around and, um, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, not very good. He's a mental midget. He can't handle playing the Yankees. I uh, yeah, I don't yeah. I mean, it, but that goes so that's that goes to to talk about. I mean, at what point does Cora say this guy's terrible in the postseason? I can't I can't let him pitch anymore. Well, I mean, like Snedeker did with Tron, you know. Well, I, th- I yeah. think I think a lot of what I think a lot of what Cora does in that situation. I think you know with you know I know he's got you know the history of not being very good in the postseason. But then again, like at any time, like we haven't seen it yet, but. David Price could be David Price, and all he needs to do is all he needs to do is hold a, a team to, to no runs. And what I think Cora does, I think he goes, man, our offense could explode. And I feel like if our offense can explode for five runs, and David can give up five runs once he comes out of the game, guess what? It's a zero-zero game, and then it could be the battle of the pins, or it can be the battle of whatever's going on. So, but they're gonna lose that battle. They well, have Joe Kelly, Kimbrel. That's but, it. But guess what? They're gonna lose. They're gonna lose that battle. But I mean, as a manager, are you gonna say, "Oh, you know what? I don't want to go play this." Other-. No, you're gonna go out there and you're gonna have all all the faith in your team that you can. So. You're not gonna just give up and say, "Oh, I don't want to face their bullpen because ours is terrible." It's not no, what I do. But I think you lose all faith in David Price. I think you do. Like he's already been demoted to the bullpen. I saw that today. I think you literally do not pitch him against the Yankees again. Well, I I, I think he's going to throw again. I think you know you don't. I hope on, he does. He's I really going hope he to. Does. You don't bring on him um, with whatever contract he signed a few years back. You don't bring him on just to, you know, die in the bullpen or die on the bench somewhere. But is it smart? No, not at all. But it is what it is. You know, it it is what it is. So uh, I do want to go back. You said something in game one. You know, it, you were like, oh, if the Red Sox don't hit the three-run home run. Oh, I mean, dude, you can say that about any game. You can say if the Dodgers don't pitch against the Braves, the Braves could win the game. You could say, I mean, you could say that all the time. You know, you can't. If that ball hits the wall, the other runs don't score. And then it's a tie ball game in the ninth. And if Rich Hill is throwing in game one, then the Braves win. I mean, I could, I okay, could go back and forth all day. But, like, saying a starting pitcher is... Oh, okay. If, if Acuna doesn't hit the okay. home run last yeah. night... Okay. If Acuna, yeah. the if Acuna walked. If Acuna yeah. walked. If, yeah, then it's if, a completely different game. Right. So, I'm saying you could say that about any situation. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, wrong. I'm just saying, like, it's really not valid because you could say it about anything in sports history. Like, ever. You know, so um, anyway, game three tonight. 
Uh, we got who we got Nate Navaldi and then uh, Luis Severino in the Bronx. So uh, I'll be honest, I did have Boston moving on from the series, but um, Severino in New York and Nate Navaldi is a little bitch. Just like I don't like Nate Navaldi just as much as you do. Dude, Severino uh, <laughs> is going to feast on the um, energy. It's, it's going to be unbelievable. He's going to run through the Boston lineup. And Nate Evaldi has had good outings against it. I, that's what I don't understand. Like, he's he was – He's good. Sh- that's he, the no, thing. No, no. no he's he good. Was so, he, yeah, he was so bad for so long with the Yankees. Oh, yeah. He leaves. But his stuff was good. But his stuff has always no, been – his it, stuff's always been, been good. It's been good, and he throws hard. I don't okay. think that he's been great. He's not a great pitcher. We didn't say good. We said good. Good. <laughs> I would say he's a below-average pitcher that throws hard. A lot of pitchers that throw hard are very below average. That's all. That's all they're in the league for is to throw hard. That's but literally it. He's he is not as like you're painting him out as a good to decent pitcher, and he's not. Okay, so then Dylan Batanzas was very he's very below average with good stuff, but until the wild card game, I mean what? I mean it's just I mean you could say the same thing. He was an all star. So what? When was the last time Ovaldi was an all-star? Ovaldi, but I'm but saying... this is far better than Ovaldi will ever be. But Nate Ovaldi, when he got put on the Red Sox, or when he got traded to the Red Sox and he went and shut down the Yankees, you're telling he had, me he wasn't good? He had four starts. You're telling, me, just, he, you're telling me he wasn't good when he shut down the, Red, or shut down no, the Yankees when he got there? He had four good starts. He's a bad pitcher that had good starts. Okay. That is much easier than being a good pitcher with bad starts. Okay, but, but it could go either way. Good pitchers have bad starts and bad pitchers have good starts. It's baseball. So either way... You, I mean, you can look so at I'm fucking Severino. Look at Severino. Yeah. Severino was a, a very bad good pitcher, pitcher in, the, in the second half. In a, but a second half. He was a bad pitcher in the second half. And he it's happened to turn thing. it around for the wild card. It's a he's career not a thing. bad pitcher. He's, 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 he's an average pitcher. He's an average pitcher. He's not I mean, a bad he, pitcher. Yeah. He's mean, a major like, league yeah. pitcher. He has a 416 career ERA in seven seasons. in the a, And it's all been in the AL. I mean, or I'm sorry, he pitched in, the, in Miami a couple years. I mean that—that's not—that's not terrible. But look in the look in the freaking division he's pitching in. He's pitching in a bunch of wiffle ball parked uh, fields. I mean, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed yeah. to do? I what mean, about 2000, 2015 with the Yankees? He was fourteen and three. So you're telling me he was bad in twenty fifteen, Shall? No, you're he telling me he was year. bad. He's still okay, a bad. He had pitcher. a good year. God, bad pitchers have good you're years. An idiot. You're an idiot. You just no, you no, you said it's much easier, much okay, easier so, for so a good th- pitcher to have a bad game or a bad year for sure. than a bad pitcher to have a good year. But You're, that bad pitcher been, just won fourteen games. Okay, listen. So okay, you want to pull out twenty fifteen? Let's look at the rest of his numbers: one and two, four and thirteen, one and six, three and seven, four and six, six and fourteen. He's been a sub five hundred win pitcher his entire career. He's had two years where he's been above five hundred. The twenty sixteen Yankees, and it's probably just because they scored a shit ton of runs behind him, and he was nine and eight. He was one game over five hundred, and then he was fourteen and three. He had one good year. His ERA was still four point two. Okay. His ERA not, in the other that's year, not that's not that bad. It's not good. Okay, so Luis Severino in twenty sixteen was three and eight with a five eight three. He was bad. He's bad. It's a bad ERA. He's bad. But he's a he's a better pitcher than Evaldi is. Okay. Yes. Duh, no one's gonna argue. Yeah. No one's gonna. That's not what we're arguing. We're arguing that you're saying that he's a bad pitcher. He's a bad pitcher. He's in the big leagues. He's not a bad pitcher. 
Well, well, no, he's going to go out and shut down anything else. I mean, if you're in the – he's a bad major league pitcher. I hope it's gonna, he runs – It's going to be awkward when they win tonight. And, I hope he runs he, out there and goes yeah. seven shutout the, innings against you guys. If he, go, if he goes seven shutout innings, then I'll come back on and say, you guys were right, he's a good pitcher, if that's what you want to hear. But it's not going to happen. Okay, that's what I'd love oh. to hear. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah. Yeah, if 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 he has the win next to his name after this game, you need to come back on it and be like, okay, what's wrong? Okay, yeah, that's fine, but it's not going to happen. Okay, Avaldi is not going to go into New York and beat the New York Yankees against Luis Severino unless Severino shits his pants. Severino's going three innings tonight. Okay, three innings, four earned runs. That's fine. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. It, it's going to take more than four runs to beat the Yankees tonight. That's all right, but Luis Severino's not going to get the dub. I don't care if he gets the dub. What I care about is Avaldi not getting the <laughs> I don't care if he gets a no decision. We'll see tonight. We will. We will see tonight. So, like we said, game three, 749 on TBS. Avaldi uh, and Severino squaring off. Lineups are out. Um, you know, you've heard it here a little bit. Love getting under Shao's skin. It's so much fun. Just, it's so easy when a pitcher's nine games under 500 it, for his it, career, and you're going to tell him he's a good pitcher. It's just as easy to get get under your skin, you know, because I yeah. you, you should obviously know that I don't give a shit about this game or about this series because I don't have either one of them in the World Series or winning at all. So it doesn't matter. But I love getting under your skin because that's what I'm good at. That's what I'm good at. So, like we said... Um, that's really all I got for you this week. If you guys want to touch on some more, feel free to go ahead and speak up. Anything? Uh, I, I think I'm. That, well, one thing I thought was kind of funny that we've seen some uh, some highlights of is uh, Yasiel Puig, his uh, antics in Game Two. Oh yeah, uh, it was fun. Yeah, he got thrown out stealing second by about thirty feet, and then threw the ball backwards uh, over his head and yeah. tried to kiss our shortstop, which was. Uh, it was a little awkward. But. It was a it was an awkward inning for him. Yeah, he will always be that player that just brings. Uh, my, I mean, it's a lot of energy. It could be a little funky and a little creepy sometimes uh, with the whole licking the bat and all that. But uh, you know, you love that. You know, you you love the whole let the kids play and let the kids play. Um, yeah. You know, he's doing it. So he's a he's a he's a brand for that. So um, like we said, we'll touch bases again. I'm hoping Thursday. Uh, we'll see where our series are at then. Um, Yankees Red Sox tonight at 740 the Braves right now are up to one um, I believe what possible game four for Yankees Red Sox is tomorrow night right definitely um, yeah. four. definite game four tomorrow night and if Atlanta holds this off they'll have game five on uh, Wednesday I believe um, back in LA yeah. going up against mm-hmm. Kershaw so um, that's all I got for you here from Bush League Banter in episode nine. Um, remember, we've got a, a Twitter a Twitter page at Bush League Banter with that banter being spelled B-N-T-R. Um, also, don't forget to go like, rate, comment, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast. So with that being said, um, you know everybody enjoy their week, enjoy some baseball, and we'll be back in touch with you guys on Thursday. That's all I got, boys. I'm out of here. Can't wait for Evaldi to get shelled later, fellas. <laughs> Go Braves. Go Braves. <laughs> See ya. You probably think that you are better now, better now. You only say that cause I'm not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would've gave you anything, would've gave you everything. You know I said that I am better now, better now. I only say that cause you're not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would've gave you anything, would've gave you everything. See?
to the bands, oh You're not even speaking to my friends, no You know all my uncles and my aunts, oh Twenty candles blowing out and open your eyes We were looking forward to the rest of our lives Used to keep my picture posted by your bedside Now I see you dress up with the socks you don't like And I'm rolling, 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 rolling With my brothers like it's John is John Trying to forget, but I can't get it out of my head. You probably think that you are better now, better now. You only say that cause I'm not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would've gave you anything, would've gave you everything. You know I said it, I am better now, better now. I only say that cause you're not around, not around. You know I never meant to let you down, let you down. Would've gave you anything, would've gave you. If it goes on, what can you do? I just wonder what it's gonna take Another foreign or a bigger change Because no matter how my life has changed I keep on looking back on better days You probably think that you are better now, better now You only say that cause I'm not around, not around You know I never meant to let you down, let you down Would've gave you anything, would've gave you everything You know I said it Gave you everything, you know.